Marketing. From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey, NextGen, it's Alana Phillips with the American College NextGen Advisory Task Force, and I am here with Lucila Williams, the founder of The Intentional Advisor and an advice-based financial advisor in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for being with me, Lucila. I'm so excited to be here talking to the NextGen Advisors. And they are excited to hear your message. So Lucila, I said in introducing you, advice-based financial advisor, this is obviously a buzzword. You say, we continue to hear what does that mean? What is advice-based planning? Yeah. So I, I made it up as all great branding is ultimately, but it's because I had a need in the world I grew up in. It was all about products. So being a financial advisor was selling investments and insurance. Then you've got the kind of fee only space where it's like advice only fee only. And what's the world that is, that includes advice that starts with advice, but also supports the full implementation of the plan. And so Advice-based planning is that to me. It is where you start every client relationship with an advice basis, and you also support the full implementation of that plan as you go along, but the relationship is not contingent upon the sale of any product. So what that means is if you're working with a Henry, right? High earner, not rich yet. If you're working with that millennial client and they don't have the assets to pay you using an AUM model, they can just pay for advice and they can stay that way as long as they need to. But when it's appropriate, you're gonna offer the insurance they need. You're gonna offer the investment solutions they need. So it's advice and, and sometimes it is advice only, but it encompasses the full implementation of the financial plan. And that I love, it resonates with me as a a millennial because most advisors would not approach me as a client. I think I'd be a lovely client. What about for the next gen folks, though, that they're being told by their firm when they get started, you go sell insurance to your friends and family, you just do things that are going to make you money today. That's a sale. That means you can't work with millennials. How do we balance these two concepts, Lucila? Well, first of all, you kind of, you have to create some sort of initial meeting, your, I would call it the discovery experience, right? But your initial meeting that will help you figure out who someone is, is someone is a potential client sitting in front of you, someone who would be a potential advice-based client, the full kit and caboodle planning client, or are they someone who just needs a product, right? And so if you create a high value initial experience, that's emotionally significant for them, you come to market and you can identify the right people for planning. And if they're not, then you're going to pivot to go where they need to go. Hey, you know, based on your current situation, we offer comprehensive advice-based planning, but right now I think just that 401k rollover is what we should focus on based on where you are. Or I see that you said, you know, protecting your family is very important and we're not quite ready for this, you know, full-on relationship. So let's focus on that term insurance need. So it does not have to be either advice-based planning or nothing, you know, the, the whole thing, or you can't play. It's especially for a new advisor. It's go where the client needs to go, but make sure you open the door to the right clients to be able to hire you for advice from day one so you can build it for yourself and for them. Okay. And that makes so much sense to me. So, I mean, the reason you are here today is to share that build it right concept with our next gen folks. You have had your own experiences building out your practice and doing it the right way where you can pivot to those ideal clients. When you talk about 
how next gen advisors can build it right. And that first meeting and that high value initial experience, what should they be thinking about there as they go to build this the right way? Yeah, I think the first thing is be of service. So everybody who's out there pitching people to become clients, they're going to show up the same way. They're going to talk about how fancy their investment solutions are or how you didn't know it, but you need this insurance and everybody's going to die. So you should be really scared. So you definitely need to buy it now. You know, they're, they're going to be fear-based product pitches, or they're going to say, look how fancy my firm is. You should hire me, right? If you kind of flip the script on them, and them being the potential client and say, how can I serve you right now? I um, am here to learn about you, help you explore your fears and goals and values, give you my best kind of estimation of your personal next steps to improve your financial life. If it's appropriate financially and kind of a good fit, then I'm happy. Let's go talk about working together on that. If it's not, I'm going to give you that expertise as a gift. If you make it that way, that means everyone that comes through your front door is better off and you're going to identify whether it's a full advice-based client potential or a, a specific product, or it's just a goodwill, send someone out into the world uh, a little better off because they met with you. If you get that right, prospecting is no longer, it's no longer that dreadful thing you have to do. It's being of service to the world. And I know this generation cares about that more than ever. Yeah. So what you're telling me then, because I'm a next gen advisor and I've done sales in my career in many different capacities, right? Uh, my firm, my senior advisor, my director, my trainer said to me, it's kiss or kill, right? You get on the phone with somebody, either we're going to kiss them or you're going to kill them. Like you do not have time to waste on these client interactions. I'm hearing the opposite from you, Lucila. So what do I do with this messaging that I have to get somebody to move forward with me or move on. Let's call it kiss or hug. So let's make a meeting such that at the end of the meeting, something positive is going to happen. If it's the right fit to use your analogy, we're going to kiss. We're going to become, you're going to become a client. We're going to move forward. If it's the wrong fit, I'm going to hug you on the way out and give you something of value to improve your life. No one loses. And when it's truly win-win, you get audacious, especially as a female advisor, I want to know, like, I don't like taking from people. I don't like taking time. I don't like rejecting people. I don't like to create an environment. Well, you're not good enough to be my client. I want to create an environment like, Alana, thank you for coming in. Here's what I think you could be doing. Here's your next steps. You know, right now it's not quite the right fit to work with me, but let me send you that email with all of those things you can get started on. And we can pick up later when you're ready. That feels very different than Alana. You can't afford me. Yeah, that's a different conversation. I also think it sounds different. I hear and have sat in with new advisors as they meet with clients or are practicing meeting with new clients and they sound so desperate, right? You can hear the desperation. Like I have to get this person to say yes to implementing whatever we've recommended to them. That language sounds so much more powerful from the perspective of the next gen advisor. Yeah, we're not begging anymore. We're coming to the market of service. And when it's right, we're going to help people. And that helping could be advice. It can be an insurance sale. It could be investments. It's whatever they need. And obviously it also helps us stay in business, which is good for them. Good for us. I can hear senior advisors kicking and screaming at this advice, <laughs> but it can be done, right? You're doing it. I'm going to pause our conversation here and we'll pick it up in just a minute. Deliver financial planning for every person and every need through our chartered financial consultant education program. 
Find the tools and skills you need at theamericancollege.edu slash chfc. Interested in becoming a CFP and learning about practical planning techniques to use right away with your clients? Well, the American College has the answer. Learn more about our cutting-edge CFP education program at theamericancollege.edu slash CFP. So you've paved the way, I think, your example, as we've talked about, of what this can look like. So they've got a great initial meeting. We've changed our tone of how we approach clients. Um, Something that you talk about often, too, is this attractive practice, which I think ties into that, right? If you build a beautiful initial experience, we're not just trying to kiss or kill everybody. We can hug them at the end. How does a next-gen advisor continue to build that out from there? You know, it's all about the attractive practice. What does that mean? It means that you need to stand for something in the marketplace that will attract the right people. So that might be visually, you look a certain way. I'm not talking about you as a person. I'm talking about your your social media. I'm talking about your office. I'm talking about how you show up. So you have an attractive brand. That's kind of the physicality of it. Then you have a set of values and your values will drive your messaging. You know, if you're like me, I hate fear-based selling and fear-based messaging. Mine is a message of optimism, hope, you know, reduce your stress, increase your security, you know, live a meaningful life. Those are the messages that I'm sending out there. So I'm going to attract people who want that kind of relationship. So we need to find ways for you to get your message out there, to collaborate with the right people, the right key partners, as I talk about, and create events that are things that people really want to attend. So kind of creating this bubble, this environment that reflects your values and the things that are most important to you, it's going to attract the right people instead of you constantly having to chase for the next, you know, person for you to, you know, what is a kiss or kill? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that that makes a lot of sense to me in building an attractive practice. What can be challenging perhaps for somebody starting off fresh is how do I, how do I know what I want to look like? How do I, what questions do I ask myself to figure out what makes me attractive or what makes me different? What advice do you have for them? Yeah. And I think, especially when you're young, there's, there's a balance between, you know, not all of our fashion choices, let's just say uh, when we're young are always the best and most stable, right? Like, so there's this balance between being a responsible business owner and kind of also expressing yourself. I think I always like to look at things out in the marketplace and ask myself, so get out of the industry you know, what brands attract me and what things about those brands, you know, is it Thrive Cosmetics, which I happen to really like, they give back a portion of their proceeds to things that mean something to me. So if I'm buying mascara, I'm going to buy it from them versus some brand at Nordstrom, right? So I look into the marketplace at things I personally am attracted to and then ask myself how I would reflect that in my own brand. So I think that's a good way to do it because if you're 20 and you're just coming out of college and you know you don't you kind of haven't figured all those things out yet, I think you can emulate a little bit, try some things on and then take them off if they don't fit. You're allowed to iterate, let me say this. You're allowed to change and evolve. I would encourage it actually. So you're saying I don't have to show up in my blue suit and my white shirt with my mahogany desk and my branding that looks like every other advisor and that I don't have to do that? No, please don't. 
because you will look just like everyone else. And I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than a young person faking being an old person. I, I, I think I mentioned before that I was pretending to be a, an old white man uh, in a banker's suit um, when That's I was not 20, gonna work for you. 24 yeah. in the industry. No. <laughs> and then as I got older and kind of got comfortable in my own skin, I, I reverted. I became more immature, more, which was truly actually more authentic. I stopped pretending to be who I was. And I will tell you that getting credentials was part of my journey to confidence. Once I had the credentials, I had already had the skills. I could step into, this is me and you're lucky to get some of it. That's uh takes, I think, certainly some time to build that level of confidence, but hopefully our next gen listeners have heard from this. If you build your vision of what you want this to look like, and that could be brands outside of the industry, it doesn't have to be the same stodgy black and white. I'm a CFP. I do comprehensive financial planning on my LinkedIn kind of thing that they can truly build value and attract the right people to their practice. So in wrapping up, up that discussion of how a next gen advisor builds it right. What's your final piece of advice for them if they heard nothing else in this conversation? Well, I don't know if this is this is like the culminating point, but it's something I'd like to add. If there's something you're passionate about changing in the world, integrate it into your brand. Like if you're passionate about environmentalism, then make it part of your brand. Like in other words, be be teaching things about that, be, be making choices in your own business that way, because you will attract people who are also drawn to that and they're going to love you. So it could be animals. It could be, so it doesn't, so much, so many people think it needs to be about money. Actually, it's better if it isn't. Find the things you're passionate about, integrate those things directly into how you do business and also supporting through your business and you're going to attract the right clients. So that's knowing yourself and what matters to you and being courageous enough to bring it to the table. And I think that will really keep next-gen folks interested in this industry. So thank you for those messages, Lucila, and for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Alana. You've been listening to Next Gen in 10, a production of the American College of Financial Services. For more episodes, visit theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.